Welcome, everybody. We are here this afternoon with another clinic on uh, Marketing Experiments Web Clinic Express. We are covering a topic today that we haven't done in quite a little while here, affiliate marketing. The title of today's presentation is Affiliate Marketing Tests and Tactics that Increased Clicks and Leads by 165%. Uh, if you're on Twitter, we'll be using the hashtag WebClinic today. Uh, and then, as you probably know, if you've been with some of uh, our previous clinics, we try and make them very interactive. So please use the Q&A feature in GoToWebinar. We have an all-star cast assembled for today's presentation. We have on the line with us our Director of Optimization, Jimmy Ellis, our Director of Channels, Aaron Rosenthal, and our senior analyst and affiliate specialist, Rob Raynard. We thought this would be a great clinic because we had some recent tests. We got some very significant gains, which we'll look at, uh, including some of up to 165%. And uh, we will look at some of those takeaways from our past research, what's a little different today, uh, what maybe isn't, uh, and what some of those same issues are uh, that came up at Affiliate Summit and some other recent tests. And... Um, we will look at some of those ideas and takeaways that you can use to improve your own affiliate programs. So with that in mind, let's take a quick look at who our audience actually is today. Uh, thank you, everyone, who submitted these early questions. They give us a real sense of who we are addressing, and it looks like most of our audience today from early registrants are falling into the novice category, about 62%, as you can see there. You'll see about 25% are experienced, 11 are advanced, and 2% are expert. So if you find yourself getting a little bored, maybe you're an expert. If you find that we are covering what you're looking for, it sounds like you probably fit into either the novice or experienced category. And the other section that we want to take a look at here today is what's your involvement in affiliate marketing? So the audience that we have online today here of several hundred right now, uh, breaks down to about 36% who are either not involved or just getting started, 34% are merchants, and 24% are affiliates, with the remaining 6% on the network side. So as I mentioned, we're going to try and cover this from a couple of different angles so that everybody gets a little bit out of it. And a quick shot at some of the research here. Another reason why we felt this topic was uh, worth looking into right now this recent study looked at the uh, percentage of sales that were driven by affiliates for consumer products, and it shows that while that accounted for about 12% of some of the sales here, a large percentage of those sales were driven by the top 10% of affiliates. So what this means for people who are considering using uh, the affiliates for the marketing mix, uh, we'll talk about in a little bit with Rob and Aaron and Jimmy, uh, but really, this kind of points out how important it is to find out who your top performers are from the, uh, from the merchant side and certainly from the affiliate side, the value of pushing to make what you do in the programs that you're involved in that much more valuable to the merchants that you work with. So we'll talk a lot about the relationships in between those two sides and with networks as well. Uh, but right now, what I want to try and do is lead right into a recent case study, an experiment that we did. We'll be looking at the, uh, the pages from a partner who provides consumer finance services. 
Rob is going to walk through this with Aaron and talk a little bit more about the goal, which was to reduce the friction on the offer page, to help increase click-throughs to the order process, and get these uh, people into the pipeline. Our primary research question, which treatment will drive the most clicks to the merchant's order flow? And then this first experiment, as we'll get into, involved removing as much friction as possible. So with that, Rob, Aaron. All right, um, so for this first test, we were working with, uh, with an affiliate group, and um, again, like Hunter said, this is in the consumer services sector. So this is a pretty straightforward offer. We were sending traffic from an AdWords paid search ad um, to two different landing pages, one being the control, the other being the optimized, and we were splitting it 50-50. And then from there, we were sending it into the merchant process um, which you know had the, the lead sign up for the consumer services offer, so that's that's how the path uh, looked. And here's here's the control page. And yes, we do realize that it, it's a little blurry. Um, we did that because the specific niche that this is in is is highly competitive, and um, we didn't want to introduce any new competition. Um, so here here's the control page. We've got basically a headline. We've got three information heavy bullets. We've got a nice call to action there, start your free trial, big blue button. And then on the right, we've got um, navigation to some other content pages, as well as another call to action up there at the top. And then below all this, we've got, we've got further information. So the thing to keep in mind on this one is, yeah, we do, we do have a lot of, of bullets here, a lot of information to digest before we actually get to the call to action. And we do also have the, the right-hand navigation, which could also be pulling people away from from what we want them to be doing here, which is clicking on the Start Your Free Trial button. So now we'll take a look at the treatment here. Um, similar page again. We've got you know a nice headline there, but this time we've removed two of those information-heavy bullets, and we've also removed that right-hand navigation bar, um, and we kept the content beneath the call to action here. So really, the purpose here was to see, okay, you know, how much information do people visiting this page really need to make a decision? Do they need to, you know, read about all the features? Do they need to see that we have other content? Do they need to read more in-depth articles? Or are they just ready to buy? They're just looking for a button to click through to the next page. So here we have the two pages side by side so you can get a, a better feel for how they look. And I think we want to take this opportunity now to, to turn it over to the Q&A and see what you guys think which page you think is going to convert better, um, any comments or, you know, anything you have like that, go ahead and send those in and we'll, we'll read some of them off. Absolutely. And if you, uh, if you want to take a guess at uh, not just which page might have performed better, uh, but if you think that you have a, a sense for maybe what kind of gain one might have seen, we will look at some of the uh, answers that are coming right now. We have a lot of people for control, control, page B, treatment, uh, treatment 60%, second page performed 30% better, 12% gain on treatment, right, 120% lift. Interesting. Let's take a look at who the winner actually was here in this in this experiment, Rob. Okay, so here we have the results. Control page, um, you know, prior to the test we were getting about a 24% conversion rate. Obviously the treatment at 32%, which got us a 35.4% increase in click-through rate. Um, and, you know, here's some just some key points, some key takeaways here. In this specific offer, in this niche, 
um, with these keywords that the reduction in friction um, by removing, you know, the right-hand side navigation and removing some of the additional bullets really got us a considerable lift, especially when you consider, um, you know, these were just removing some elements on the page, a really easy test to run, um, super simple to set up, and right there, a 35% increase um, in click-through rate. So, and if I could, um, for those merchants and networks that are on the phone right now and saying, well, that's great, this affiliate is now making 35% more money, well, that, that doesn't mean that you're not making more money, too, because now that this affiliate's making 35% more money, you may find that, that they can actually drive more traffic to the offer. And if they're, making, if they're driving more traffic to the offer because it's now more profitable for them to do so, that means the merchant's making more sales, and the network... Who, who may be involved is now make, is now seeing more traffic, more more sales, more leads uh, from the same affiliate because the affiliate took the initiative to test his landing pages. Okay, we're getting some uh, some questions in the Q and A right now asking about the content, and uh, we just want to point out, yeah, we did have a blurred out. There were no content changes though. All we did in this test was remove the two bullets and the side navigation. All the copy, the headlines, everything else remained the same. So with that first test in mind, what we're going to do, we will revisit that and look at a subsequent test that came up actually with a similar page, slightly different site for the same partner, which also had some interesting results. Right now, what this research here, this other new research that we were kind of talking about, as far as the challenges, of affiliate marketing. You can see from this slide here, which was presented to some of the merchants in the crowd through an e-commerce benchmark guide survey in Marketing Sherpa, and for the most part, the recruiting of high-quality affiliates proved to be the biggest challenge for by far the largest group, 74% with consumer products, 63% with consumer services. Right behind that was keeping high-quality affiliates monitoring affiliate fraud, you can kind of see what some of these issues are. So at least, again, from the merchant's perspective, one thing that we're going to touch on when we move into uh, some of the do's and don'ts and some of the takeaways that we've gotten from our research in this area is the emphasis on maintaining quality. Now, one of the biggest ways that you can do that, and we'll use the other case study and some of the other examples to underscore how you can do this, is to really continue to not just work on the relationship between the affiliates and the merchants, but also trying to do the things that you can to test wisely, to optimize your pages, to try and get some of those changes that will perform the same way that we saw in the first case study. If you're doing the kinds of things that will lead to these gains of 35%, 165%, whatever percentages you're getting, those are going to put you into that high-quality affiliate bracket, for lack of a better word, for some of those merchants, and that, you know, works the other way as well. So the key point here, while finding and keeping some of the top-quality affiliates is difficult, uh, the search for better deals, better brands, more opportunity, all that can be kind of tied into how well you're doing on changing your, your sites, your testing uh, your programs, and doing some of the things that we're looking at here today. Another part of that, attracting and empowering affiliates. We'll see here that uh, distributing coupons was one of the things that was very effective, uh, manually approving each affiliate, actively seeking out and contacting prospective affiliates, 
these were the ideas that, again, a lot of merchants uh, had reported were the ones that got some of the best results for not just their affiliate programs, but ultimately for those affiliate relationships. So if this is going to work both ways on the affiliate merchant side uh, and as far as affiliates themselves, these are some of the things that are key to making those relationships work and what you can do to try and make those uh, relationships more into partnerships so that they're fruitful for both. You're going to get more leads. You're going to get more sales. You're going to get more traffic. Those are some of the aspects that are really going to benefit the program on all sides. Aaron, yeah. before we move on, did you have anything you wanted to add to this section? Um, the only thing that I would add is to that last bullet down on the page that 9% offer, offer affiliate activation bonuses. Um, in my experience, the best way that a merchant can do this is to leverage that bonus against some sort of benchmark. So um, even if it's uh, join with us today and receive an additional $10 or $50 or something along those lines, make it contingent upon the affiliate's first sale. So there is some sort of benchmark there. Or maybe you give them a 20% a increase in commission over the first 30 days to help them get going. Now, be careful with the percentage commission piece because what you're going to find is a lot of times you entice affiliates to do that, they'll drive traffic for that first 30 days and then they'll, you know, they'll move on to another offer who they make more money with. Um, but, but nonetheless, the idea here is to attract those affiliates and keep them as long-term partners. Great, thank you, Aaron. We're, uh, we're actually getting a couple Q&A in here real quickly. We're going to move on in a second to some of the, you know, some of the do's and don'ts and ideas there. Uh, I just wanted to throw this question out that we got uh, from Rich Giordano. Uh, I'm a real novice. Can you take a quick moment to explain the relationship and role of the affiliates and me so we're both profiting from the relationship? We saw that a lot of people uh, who signed up were at that novice level, so... Aaron, just take a quick moment and maybe address that. It seems like a question that a lot of people might be wondering about. Sure. Um, so the question is, how do both parties uh, how do both parties benefit? The merchant is using it or affiliate program hasn't ever. Uh, your your line. And uh, the, uh, you, you're doing a little bit of pay-per-click advertising. The, you're using your affiliate program as an extension of what advertising you're currently doing. Maybe you're doing some banner advertising, or maybe you're, um, you're doing some natural search advertising. Well, this is a way for you to appear on some um, sites that may be relevant to your particular product and, uh, and get a little bit more exposure to the product. Now, where the affiliate makes his money is because every time uh, the affiliate sends a customer to your site and that customer takes a desired action, whether it uh, makes a purchase or if it um, uh, fills out a form if you're trying to capture leads, or maybe it's even you're paying this affiliate based on the number of visitors that they send to your site, uh, you're, you're giving that affiliate a bounty for each time that, that visitor does the desired action on, uh, on your particular site. So the affiliate, it's his uh, piece. The merchant is happy with his piece, and this is how the affiliate uh, relationship is born. 
Great, thank you, Aaron. I think you might have cut out uh, a little bit there early on, but it seems like from what we're seeing in the Q&A, uh, a lot of people were uh, picking up with you towards the end part there. So we'll try and address this in some of the Q's and A's, uh, and when we look at those next, uh, and when we look at some of the, the do's and don'ts there, um, we'll try and keep an eye on the sound quality. And uh, When you set up an affiliate program, you want to make sure that it makes sense for you as a merchant and also makes sense uh, for the affiliate. But if it doesn't make sense for you, if you're, you make $12 for every sale and you're paying the affiliate out um, 10 11 maybe even more than, than that $12, um, it, it, it has to make sense for you. You have to be making money as well as the affiliate who's driving you the traffic. Uh, ensure your payouts are competitive. Really the most important thing here and where, where a lot of merchants and, and also some networks uh, make the mistake is, is to assume that by offering a larger bounty or a, um, a higher commission rate, more affiliates are going to jump onto your offer. Affiliates are, are smart. They understand that they have valuable traffic. They want to make sure that their traffic performs well for your product. So not only that you're paying them, them the most, but that your traffic makes the affiliate the most. Um, if, I send, if I send 100 visitors to Merchant A and that, that results in one sale for $15, but I send 100 visitors to Merchant B and it results in two sales, uh, which each pay me $10, well, even though I'm getting paid less than I did with Merchant A, I, I'm still making more money in aggregate. And that's where, that's where the affiliate's mind is, is how much money am I making for the visitors that I'm sending. Um, solicit and test new ideas. Uh, just be very cognizant that this is not just what works best for your own internal traffic. Affiliates' websites may perform differently than your own internal traffic. So be open-minded when it comes to providing them with collateral that, uh, that they request. They may know that, uh, that their traffic is going to work well for one piece of your site and not the other. And so be, uh, be supportive and provide them what they're, uh, what they're requ requesting or, or test with them. Um, give them alternative landing pages, even if your internal traffic does not work well for one particular landing page, it may work better for an affiliate based on their sites and what their traffic is expecting when they come from their site. Excellent. Thanks, Aaron. Those are uh, all very good points. We're seeing some of those same ones reflected uh, in some of the Q&A as well. Here, a question, a quick question from uh, Blake Barlow. What should the affiliate expect from me as far as driving traffic to their site? Great question, Blake. Thank you. Aaron, what do you think? What, what should the affiliate expect uh, from the merchant as far as driving traffic to their site? I think, Blake, the affiliate should uh, uh, expect a competitive offer and as well as uh, support when you ask for something and also reliable metrics. If the, if the, if the program that uh, this affiliate is not pushing does not offer reliable metrics, um, it doesn't matter if your offer is competitive they're not going to trust the program, and they're, uh, they're not going to be able to uh, effectively promote it. Great. Aaron, i got one last question from the merchant side I think might be uh, useful before we move on. Uh, how and where uh, do you find good affiliates? That's from Susan Anderson. Thanks, Susan. Sure. Um, you can, you can, if you're promoting an independent program, 
you can look at using a network. A network should be uh, able to provide you with uh, uh, with contact super affiliates that, that they have through their network. They should be able to determine if they have affiliates in their network that they think can be successful with your program. Uh, you can also, if you're if you're if you're committed to running the independent program and doing the homework, look get uh, get a hold of your pay-per-click analytics. Look at what content sites you're currently advertising on and go after those sites. Do some Google search queries or some, you know, go to Yahoo or Bing and search and find sites that look like they have, like they are uh, serving customers who are of, uh, who would be interested in your particular product. And approach them. Uh, approach them with this offer and approach them from the standpoint of um, this is not an affiliate program that you'd be interested in, but I, I think I have an, I think I have a product that uh, your visitors might be interested in. Can we develop a relationship with one another? And I will, uh, I will pay you for either advertising or for commission on the traffic that you send me. Rob is going to expand on some of these a little bit. Sure. Yeah. And, and really, Aaron sort of touched on this this first topic um, when he was talking about uh, you know getting paid more versus conversion rates and things like that. Um, a lot of affiliates will will just go for the offers that are willing to pay you know significantly more than the rest, but really you need to be looking at the combination of the conversion rate and the commission structure, really how much you're going to be making per visitor. And not only that, does that apply to maybe offers that are willing to pay more dollar-wise, but um, also there are offers that are willing to pay, you know, percentages or leads or for sales um, or leads up front and sales in the back end. There's just there's all sorts of variations on different kind of commission structures and really you need to get out there and you need to test those um, because your traffic could be different than other affiliates' traffic. Um, it, it's all going to convert differently. You need to really go out and test um, to see what's going to work best for you. And um, so on to the second point, testing your offers across multiple affiliate networks. Um, a lot of affiliate networks, especially the CPA, the, uh, the lead-based ones, they all run a lot of the same offers. So you can really play them, I guess, against each other in a way. Um, you can sign up for multiple affiliate networks um, run the same offer and just split test it. You know, run 100 visitors at, at this affiliate network and run 100 visitors at another network with the same offer and see which one is going to track you and give you more conversions. Some of these affiliate networks, their pixels on their the conversion pages don't fire as often as other networks. Maybe they're higher up on the page um, and, you know, they're going to fire more, so you're going to be given credit for more conversions. So that's something you need to test as well. Um, and on to the third point, partnering with merchants and asking for more in-depth reporting, greater customization, all that sort of stuff is going to give you a leg up on all your all your affiliate um, competition. Um, a big thing that we do a lot when we work with, with affiliate groups is do more in-depth reporting. We use custom tracking to, to really get down at the keyword level. A lot of affiliates aren't able to do that, but... You know, it, once you're able to prove yourself with merchants, you can ask for the conversion tracking code on their thank you pages. So you can directly tie back individual visitors, okay, did they convert, which keywords are converting, which sources of traffic are converting, and really narrow it down and really be able to figure out, okay, what, what keywords and sources are working for me and, and turn off the ones that aren't. Um, and that sort of ties in with the pingbacks, which is basically what I was just describing. And as far as more greater customization goes, Again, once you've proven yourself that 
that you can drive traffic that converts well for merchants. Um, some of them are going to be willing to give you custom landing pages. Uh, they're going to let you test multiple prices, maybe, you know, custom pricing for your traffic maybe performs better than, than whatever they're currently offering. So there's a lot of opportunity there that once you prove yourself and really work with the merchant as a partner, that you can really take it up to another level and really really get out ahead of all the other affiliates that are promoting the same offer. Um, the in-depth reporting and greater customization, I mean, that's, that's huge. Yeah, and let me add one thing. Um, merchants, networks, if an affiliate is asking you for the ability to put code on your confirmation page, um, be open to it. As Robert said, it will give them greater uh, – <laughs> It gives them greater transparency into the numbers. It will help them to understand what's working well and what's not working well, and ultimately it allows them to be more effective, which in turn will uh, allow them to uh, drive you more sales. Actually, Aaron, that's great. That leads uh, right to one of the Q&A uh, that we're looking at. Um, a great question from Jenny Beyer. I hope that's uh, how your name is pronounced, Jenny. Uh, what sort of metrics should be provided to the affiliate at a minimum? Visits, revenue, and conversion, uh, or are more sophisticated metrics considered standard? What do you guys think? Well, those are typically what you get. Um, really what we're talking about with in-depth reporting is the ability to, to set um, individual custom tracking IDs. Um, I'm not sure how else to describe that greater, but it, it also works in with pingbacks. Okay, so... If I'm getting traffic from a certain source, I'm able to tag it with the unique eye tracking ID that then the merchant is going to be able to track back and tell me, hey, yes, this, I, this particular ID converted. That way I can know which sources of my traffic are working. Um, Aaron, do you want to elaborate on that at all? Or? Um, no, I think, you've, I think you've answered the, the, the pingback issue. Jimmy, I, I would just say to you, um, when you run an advertising campaign, uh, what sort of metrics do you want? And what uh, the reason I, I, I put the question back on you is because every product is going to be different. Um, if you if you are a company and you're paying and your affiliate program pays out per lead, well, you should also make it make uh, metrics available to your affiliates so they know how their leads are performing. You know how many of those leads, what percentage of those leads convert to sales? What what sort of, if you're an e-commerce uh, program, get them, don't just give them visitors and commission or revenue earned, but also help them understand what products uh, their traffic is converting best for, and perhaps even what products, um, uh, you know, during which seasons work well, uh, which products are, uh, are, um, are, are typically good sellers during the, the holiday season, and, uh, and, and which which products you know you uh, you are very um, competitive on price. If an affiliate can write an article um, that says that, that he found a, a Garmin uh, GPS on your site and it had the lowest price, well, that's that's a very compelling piece of copy for him for him to use, and it's also a very um, uh, compelling piece for customers who come to that that site and then click through and purchase. And I bet you the conversion on an article like that is going to be very, very strong. All right, great, Aaron. I, I got one more quick question I just want to throw out here uh, before we move on to networks and our next case study. Uh, it's from T. Scott, Clint Daniel. 
How do we identify which affiliate partners are willing to share data and which aren't? It's a waste of time to prove one can drive traffic to a partner only to find out they aren't willing to share. Yeah, I, I would just say that, that some of your affiliate partners are not going to be willing to share information with you, information such as uh, uh, keywords or uh, traffic sources. And merchants, I, I would say, in some cases, if the, um, if the traffic or if the sales are worthwhile, you may just need to live with that. Um, the reason some of these affiliates are not going to be as transparent with you is because, to be honest, they may have found, they may have done research and found a keyword that uh, converts very well for your product that you're not currently advertising on. And if they share that information with you, you may not be advertising on that. They've done the homework to, to, to identify what has been working, um, and they may not be willing to share that information with you. Um, you may find an affiliate who is very transparent in what they are doing um, in, in what's working well for them and what's, what's successful for them. And I would just say merchants, treasure those affiliates, and, and uh, if they ask you for something specifically, make sure you, you uh, return the favor and, and share the information, share information back with them. Because if it's all one-sided, um, it's, 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 uh, it's, it's not going to benefit you in the long term um, as if uh, you were sharing information with them and, and, and contributing to their success as well. Uh, we're going to go through the affiliate network do's and don'ts pretty quickly. Um, again here, treat your merchants and affiliates like partners. Uh, one side should certainly know if the creative uh, is having any issues, whether it's old, whether there are conversion problems there, uh, giving affiliates the tools that they need, making sure that they're aware of bonus plans, some of the things that uh, Aaron and Rob mentioned earlier. Number two, being realistic with your campaign restrictions and evaluating your distribution options, offering product feeds, funneling your affiliate traffic deeper into merchant sites. These are really three of probably the biggest keys for some of those who are involved in the network side. For right now, we want to get back into another recent case study that Rob is going to walk us through. Okay, um, basically this is this is a follow-up test to that previous test that we were just talking about. So it's the same partner, it's consumer finance services. Again, the goal is similar to the first one. We're trying to reduce friction on the offer page to increase the click-through rate into the merchant process. Um, and so our, our basic primary research question here is which treatment is going to give us the most clicks um, to the following page. And, and I guess we'll get right into it here. Again, similar to the first one, we're driving AdWords paid search traffic. This time we have two treatments along with the control page, so we're splitting the traffic evenly three ways. And again, it's going right into the, the order path process. And here's the first one. This is the same as the same design as the first test. This is actually a slightly different copy on this page. Um, as And let me just make this clear up front. The, the copy for these, these three pages on this test is going to be the same, just like it was before. But this is a slightly different um, focused landing page, so the keywords are slightly different. The page copy is slightly different, but throughout the test, the copy is the same on the, on the treatments. Robert, so, when you say slightly different, you're, you're referring to, to test two versus test one, but all the treatments yeah. in test two were, were, this, were the same. This is yeah. just the second page on this particular site, and uh, the, 
the, the, the test was set up to really identify which of the two elements worked, uh, uh, was, was the, the biggest contributing factor on the original test. Yeah, Aaron, that's exactly what I was just going to point out. We had a lot of Q&As after that first one, you know, saying, okay, which, which element actually led to the increase in conversion? So that's actually the point of this test. Let's find out, okay, was it the right navigation or was it the bullets uh, that actually led to the, the increase in conversion? So, so here's treatment A. We're just going to remove the right navigation bar. We're going to keep everything else the same, copies the same. We're going to keep the bullets. Um, and then for treatment B, we're going to keep the right-hand navigation, and we're going to remove all but one of the bullets. Again, copy is all the same. Um, and okay, so we've got three. We've got three pages here, and again, I guess we want to turn it over to the Q and A, and see um, what you guys think. Which page is going to convert better? Um, any comments? While these are coming in, uh, I want to just take a moment to underscore what Aaron and Rob mentioned there. That, that really the kind of key driver for this test was looking at the first test, which was on a similar page. It wasn't a 100% follow-up, as we sometimes do, but really trying to find that, uh, that deeper information, whether it was the right nav or the bullets, you know, which one was really driving that conversion. As we'll see, some of the, uh, some of the surprises in this one might have been that uh, the rate itself was what it was, but we'll talk a little bit about that in the results side. Uh, treatment B, treatment B, treatment A, uh, treatment A by 30%, B by 20%. I'll take B for 600, Alex, like that. Uh, we're pretty much split. Uh, honestly, it looks almost down the middle there between treatment A and treatment B. So we've got to vote for 600. Let's flip it over and see what happened here. Okay, and there we have the results. Treatment A. Um, led the way with almost a 56% conversion rate. Treatment B behind it, still an increase over the control, though, at 40%. Um, and as you can see, treatment A, 165% increase in conversion. Again, with a really simple test, just removing some elements on the page and not changing anything else. Yeah, and I, I think what's incredible about this test is, as a follow-up to the first one, uh, you expected to find perhaps one of those uh, one of those elements that you removed contribute maybe half of the, the original increase and another one uh, contribute maybe the other half of the original increase. But I, I certainly was shocked when, when I saw that, that removing the elements independently uh, resulted in a couple of treatments that vastly outperformed the control and, and vastly outperformed the original test that spawned this treatment. Great. I just wanted to go back to show the uh, the treatments side by side. We got a couple of Q&A that wanted to take a look at it again. Um, and just to kind of reemphasize now that, I mean, now that the gains uh, aren't visible, but what we're looking at there, um, both of those versions beat the control handily. And, uh, Rob, you were talking about some of the some of the reasons why when you look at these pages here and you look at some of the changes and the follow-up in this test from the follow-up in the first test, what do you think are some of the most important things for people to realize and take away from this? Sure. A, a lot of the questions we're actually getting are, okay, why, why is the side nav um, removing that leading to such a huge increase? And, and uh, really, it, it, 
it depends on the traffic. And in this specific example, we weren't getting a lot of clicks, actually, on that right-hand nav. We tracked that. Um, really, it came down to the right-hand nav is just really distracting. Um, a lot of people will see that. They either bounced um, immediately or it just got too confusing for them. There, was, there were too many options there, so they just left. Um, and the bullets, uh, apparently we needed those. We needed those. We need that little bit of more information before we actually gave them the, the call to action to start your free trial. Aaron, did you have any additional thoughts on that one? Uh, no, I think Robert nailed it. I, I really, I, I really think uh, an important takeaway from this is understanding uh, that if you were this affiliate and you had tested the first time and you had removed some bullets and removed the navigation, you could have been satisfied with that 30% uh, 30% lift, but they weren't. So they took another page of the site and they tested on that, that particular page. And they said, okay, which of these two elements we removed in the first test contributed uh, the most? And to their surprise and to our surprise, we found out that removing independently from one another resulted in a greater gain than what we saw in the first, the first test. And I think that is the real shocker here. And that's why we always have to, to test these things and why you can't be satisfied, especially if you're an affiliate on the phone, why you can't be satisfied with, uh, with any initial gains or any initial test results that you've seen with these, uh, with these offers. You have to constantly be testing. Let me just elaborate on uh, well, point one. And when we say monitor the quality of leads, what we're really talking about, or monitor the quality of sales, what we're really talking about is Look for affiliates who are performing above and beyond the trend of your net or of what the rest of your affiliates are doing. So if you have one particular affiliate, and this is a lead generation campaign, and his, his leads uh, are converting much higher to sales, well, then pull this affiliate aside and offer him something different above and beyond uh, what you offer your normal affiliates because you've established that this affiliate's traffic works really, really well for your business. Maybe if you're an e-commerce site and you have a, uh, um, you're, you're selling uh, products, this affiliate, uh, you've seen that with his traffic, the, his orders are, or his customers are twice as likely or three times as likely to, uh, to reorder from you. And that's traffic that may, he may not be getting commission for, but you definitely want to continue uh, to, to to get his um, uh, to to have his involvement to have him continue to send you those high quality high quality customers. Um, so pull him aside and ask and, and offer him additional commission. Or see if he can send you more traffic or find out what you need to do uh, for him to make him more successful. Um, and, and really that 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 ties into treating your top affiliates as strategic, strategic partners. If you have an affiliate who's driving a considerable portion of your business, maybe you should consider inviting him in or inviting him into your office or sharing with him your plans for your future about your product, additional products that he might like you to, you to carry or other things he would like to see you do differently on your site. And then take, his, take their recommendations to heart and, and when you can act on those recommendations uh, and put them into your business plan, do so. Excellent. Thank you, Aaron. 
We're going to move right on to some of the takeaways for affiliates. Aaron, Rob, if you want to elaborate on a couple of these, please go ahead. Really, it comes down to, and, and I think the most successful affiliates find this, analyzing your metrics. Find out where customers are dropping off of the process. Um, you know, it may be it may be that you're losing people on a specific page of their site. Um, you may find that even though you're sending a tremendous amount of customers uh, to a merchant, that they aren't converting all that well. So are you sending those customers to the right page of the site? Look at what metrics you have available. Maybe it's maybe it's setting up um, a heat map on your landing page and understanding better what people are clicking on and where where they're clicking. One thing that surprised us is, uh, Robert, uh, help me if I get this uh, this program wrong, but we use a program called Clicktail. Is that is that what it's called? Yeah, right, that's correct. Okay. Uh, we use a program called Clicktail. What Clicktail does is it allows you to place a little bit of JavaScript on the landing page and actually takes a, uh, a video of what a user um, uh, a user's reaction to your landing page, or what a user does once he gets to your landing page. So it takes a sampling of users, and then you can go back and watch the video and see where users got lost, see what users did on your landing page. It's incredibly helpful, um, and I think it, it, it can really be a very valuable tool for affiliates. Rob, did you want to throw any other thoughts on that one? Um, I mean, we, we already pretty much covered uh, the first point, and we've obviously already talked about the importance of testing a lot. Um, I think we got some Q&As about guarding your conversion metrics, sources of traffic and keywords and, and that sort of thing. And that's something, you know, you want to, at the same time, you want to be open with your partners, your affiliate networks, and your merchants. But, you know, also, you, you got to protect what's actually working for you. You don't want to create more competition for yourself. Obviously, some landing pages, those need to get pre-approved by your networks and your merchants that you're working with. Also, some merchants and networks, you know, you can't bid on certain keywords and you can't use certain traffic sources. So, obviously, don't go against those and, and you know, be open with them and, and say, hey, yeah, we're not, we're not bidding on those trademark terms and things like that. But you don't want to let them know, hey, this particular keyword is converting at X percent for us. I mean, they're, they're going to use that information. Um, to potentially go into that and, and market against you, basically. So, Eric, do you have anything else to elaborate that on that? No, I think you you touched on it well. I think there's a fair balance of uh, what you should be transparent with any networks or merchants that you that you use, and also there's there's information that I would say is uh, um, uh, important to your business that maybe is a uh, um, this protected information that you don't necessarily need to go out and share with with the network and the, and, uh, and the merchant, and certainly there's going to be some affiliates that take a harder stance on that, and then some that are that are more open with what information that they share. Uh, we'll cover these again pretty br briefly because most of our audience really tended to fall into the merchants and affiliates side, and I think a lot of that information is good, obviously, for networks as well, for the relationships. Some of those three takeaways, uh, notifying your affiliates, of course, Assigning a single individual as point of contact for top affiliates is very important, especially relationship-wise, and again, understanding how each of your top affiliates works um, as, as part of the focus on the relationship and trying to kind of work with those two groups. As far as networks go, 
Um, that seems to be like one of the most important things that we've found, and these three points I think emphasize that. Aaron, if you had anything to add on that? No, the only thing that I would add is uh, these uh, these takeaways for networks are very um, uh, focused on the actual affiliates, and I think, but I think each one of these rules or uh, takeaways can be uh, applied to the merchant as well. So, uh, you know, when we're saying when we're saying networks uh, understand how each of your affiliate works, well, understand how your merchants work as well, because that's ultimately going to help you and help you identify what affiliates are going to work well. We are running out of time. I just wanted to say, uh, of course, thanks to everybody who joined us. We got a lot of great Q&A again, um, probably a lot more than we can mention. If you see here on the slide, yes, you will be notified via email when the clinic is available online. Again, we will try and get some of the Q&A on our blog. We would really appreciate it if you would fill out the uh, clinic survey when you log out here. If you are interested in more information about how you could become part of our research in this area and working with some of the different uh, affiliate programs, please take a moment to either check out marketingexperiments.com slash partners or call that number if you're really looking to try and get more from your program or maybe look at some of the kinds of tests that we ran here today. Our training courses also cover this same type of information particularly when it comes to testing. If you are one of those people who mentioned that uh, the testing plan is something that you'd like to do but you're not quite there or you're looking for ways to do that, one of our online courses of Fundamentals of Online Testing is extremely helpful for working within those kinds of guidelines and helping you set up these kinds of tests, see these kinds of gains. So, again, thank you for joining us. Please give us your feedback on the clinic logout survey. If you find those resources helpful, please check them out, and we will see you again in a couple of weeks. Thanks, everyone.